100% of entrepreneurs will be the bottleneck in their business. Not once, but several times. It happens to the best of us. It will happen to you and nobody talks about it until now. Hi, I'm Laurent Autain, the bottleneck coach. My job is to get entrepreneurs unstuck when they become the bottleneck in their business. But what does it mean to be the bottleneck? How to diagnose it? What are the symptoms? And most importantly, how to get out of it? These are some of the questions I cover in this podcast. So join me every week as I ask entrepreneurs to share their experiences on how they've cracked the entrepreneur bottleneck. This is episode 135. Joining me is serial entrepreneur, strategic thinker, and investor, Marc Lachance. Having owned and operated several businesses that have experienced hyper-growth through creative business development and lead generation, Marc is a master of sales and marketing and continues to apply and grow his expertise through current projects. He is currently the CEO and lead investor of Maxi Media Inc., one of the largest TikTok, Facebook, Snapchat, and Google display network performance marketing agency. I think currently it's the number one advertiser in terms of mostly spend on the TikTok platform in Canada and top 10 in North America. In 2016, Mark successfully sold EVO Payments International Canada after guiding the company from its its inception with one employee to over 200 employees across Canada. Prior to that, Mark was one of the founding members and president of Versapay Inc., a payment solution provider, which was taken public in 2010. And before joining Versapay, Mark was a founding member of Pivotal Payments, which is now a multi-billion dollar public company. I told you, Mark is a serial entrepreneur. Hey, Mark, thank you for coming. <laughs> Thank you, Laurent. Thank you very much. <laughs> so you're a serial entrepreneur, uh, but there's something I didn't mention in the introduction, is that you're kind of uh, a master also in uh, blitz scaling companies. What is it? Well, blitz scaling companies is, there's a book called Blitz Scaling by Reed Hoffman. And his definition of it is basically raising as much capital as possible and then using that to grow, to hyper grow your revenue. But I have a different angle on that. So it's hyper growing your revenue, but using every dollar of your profit and reinvesting it back into sales, marketing or business development. Right. So for example, we, we, we did that. So I'll give you a story is back in the end of 2019, we had six employees. And I, and I looked at uh, my business partner. I said, listen, I'm not in it for six employees. This is, uh, this is not even fun. This is not even interesting at all. We're going to take every dollar we make and we're hiring and hiring and hiring. We're going to the moon. So basically, literally within, within three months, we had 50 employees. So we went from six to 50. And then in another three months, we had another 50. So we literally had 100, 100 employees within six months of making that decision. So it's the definition is using every single dollar of profit slash revenue to reinvest in business development, in marketing, in growth. That's what it is. That's the definition. So a lot of people like to take out fat dividends and like to take out, you know, live the lifestyle. But if you want to grow to a certain level, you need to reinvest everything you have. That's right. my definition. <laughs> 
Right. And we've I've done that several times. So with no external capital. Zero. We took no we took no capital from Maximedia, only my money, mm -hmm. and which was not not a huge amount in the beginning. And then you know we we just basically we we refinanced every single dollar of profit back into the business. It's interesting what you said about you know we have six employees. Not not fun enough. <laughs> Let's go bigger. Is that is that your driver? Is like you know build big things or don't? <laughs> well, I'll give you another story around that. So you mentioned Evo Payments, right? So back in we launched the company back in 2009, and then it, I think it was it was like a year later, 2010, uh, 2011, actually about a year and a half mm -hmm. later. Um, I'm at a Christmas party and we had a, at the time, I think I said 115 employees. And then my wife was like, Oh my God, you have such a great company. And I looked around and I'm like, yeah, it's great. We have amazing people, but is this it? Is this all there is to life? You know, a, a small company of 115 employees. And then we decided to double it quickly after that. So it's, it's about, you know, getting bigger, better, faster, stronger all the time. That's what it's about. And, and continue to challenge yourself. Right. So, if yeah. you stagnate, like for example, we've we're stuck at around 300 right now, and so we need to make a decision to blitz scale again to get to you know to get the, to the next level. But there's also nowadays what the difference between let's say even three years ago is that you have technology, so mm. we are blitz scaling, but in a different way now, right? You don't need the bodies; you can blitz scale through technology, through AI, uh, you know, through through bringing in some you know automation that can help you get to the next level. So using so techno technology as an accelerator of growth. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's not. It, it's not necessarily bodies any longer, right? Yeah. So it, yeah. it's a combination of both. What's your big dream with uh, Maxi Media? I don't. You can't see that Stanley Cup right there, but you see that Stanley I, I, Cup right yeah, there. Yeah, I can. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> On the audio, I, I'm, they won't be able to see it though. <laughs> okay. It, it, it's it's a life size replica of the Stanley Cup, and I think your audience is in Finland, so they know what the Stanley Cup is. And it's the uh, it was awarded last night, by the way, Laurent, to the uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights. So my goal is to buy an NHL hockey team and win that oh. Stanley Cup that's sitting up there. So that's wow. the goal. There you wow. go. Big goals, big goals. <laughs> and then you retire. Nah, I'm never going to retire. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you end up an entrepreneur? Uh, when I got out of school, I, I, I think it gets back to, is this it? Is this it? Because when I got out of school, I had the opportunity to, I, I went to a, a business school in Boston, but in 1992, the economy was in the toilet. So I had an opportunity either to work for State Street Bank or Staples for about $24,000 a year. And I looked in the mirror and I'm like, is this it? Are you for real? I just went to school for four years and these are my two options. So I went back and I worked for my father in construction, which I hated every minute of it, but it gave me the opportunity. It gave me the opportunity to do entrepreneurial things. Like for example, mm -hmm. I was a sports agent along with working with my father. So I had, I built a, uh, a sports uh, book or a book of clients to uh, six guys in the NHL and 35 in the minors working their way up. And I did that for about six or seven years and it was very, very rewarding. And, but then, you know, you, you always want to grow and step up to the next level. I found payments after that. And then I did payments for a long time, about 20 years. And then I stepped into uh, online marketing. So it's about growth and it's about getting to the next level mentally, physically, and financially. And right. spiritually, Laurent, spiritually. Okay. Okay. And what does it mean for you to be an entrepreneur then? 
calling your own shots and not having a boss. I can't stand having a boss and uh, not, you know, it basically it is calling your own shots and creating your own path and your own life. We've been talking for what, like seven minutes. I find there is this energy inside you. Where does it come from? Is that your driver? Uh, where does the energy come from? Yeah. Because you said, are... you said several times, you said several times already in seven minutes. Is it, is this it? Can I, can I do better than that? So for me, I translate that into, you know, energy. Maybe, maybe this is the wrong, the wrong word to use. That's the driver. Well, let's put it this way, right? So a lot of people grow up and they say, well, I can't do that or, here, great example is both of my brothers played professional hockey. One played in the National mm. Hockey League for 13 years. The other one played uh, 10 years pro, was drafted by St. Louis. So now when people say, wow, it's impossible to play pro, I'm like, why? Both of my brothers did it. So I think it's possible. I think my kids can play. I believe mm. it's possible. And then if you look around and you see these these entrepreneurs making billions, well, what, okay, they're, what, if they can do it, then we can do it. So that's the point. Right. Who wants to be uh, left behind? I don't want to be left behind. I want to have a nice house, a nice car and blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, nice life. I, I, look, I've been in financial stress before. It's not fun. I'll tell you that much. So I don't want to go back there again. So that's the driver. The driver is to not be in financial stress. That's the driver. So a serial entrepreneur, several businesses, successful businesses. Uh, what are some... Uh, you know, some of the key lessons, because the driver is one thing, but then, you know, there are, there's, there is also, what's your recipe for success, let's say? Well, I think it's, there's a lot of things, right? There's a lot of factors. So I do a, I have a, a leadership training seminar that I do, and it's got 15 points of leadership. And we don't have time to go through it tonight, but I could, today, but I could take you through one day, Laura. But uh, mm. it's basically, you know, enhancing and building on your leadership skills. So number one, the, the first thing to be a leader, to be an entrepreneur, I believe is the ability to show vision, the ability to cast the vision and bring people along with you for the ride. So that's probably called salesmanship. So number one, you need to, in my view, understand how to sell and market whatever you're, you're, you're doing. So that's key. That's hugely key. Uh, you have to have work ethic. You have to have, you know, the ability to, uh, you know, work, 15, 18 hour days if you have to. So, you know, I've got many stories when I started a company, like for example, Evo Canada is working from seven in the morning to 11 at night, it's just what you have to do. So work ethic is critical. You've got things like uh, you need to take the blame. You need to be the leader in the front. So, yeah, you know, there's a great book, um, Extreme Ownership written by a Navy SEAL. And it's all about you taking ownership because you're the leader. So it's always your fault. So you, you have to develop that mindset. I mean, you see these books behind me, but there's another bookshelf on the other side. And you better fill your brain with personal development and, you know, uh, stories about how success happened and books like Influence. And I can look right down to The Millionaire Mind, The Road Less Stupid, uh, The Real Deal, The Sales Bible. Um, I can keep on going great at work, uh, tools of Titans, Elon Musk, why we buy <laughs> anyway, on and on and on. So you need to continue to feed your mind with this type of information and get off of, uh, you know, mainstream media. Cause it's all lies anyway. So why would you spend your time listening to that? Mm. Anything else? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's other than learning how to be a great leader, there's, you know, I actually, I wrote a book called the lucky formula right here, and mm -hmm. it gives you the formula to success. It's at least it's my formula. And I don't, I don't think luck is a, uh, luck is not a fluke. It is a formula. So if you stack success on top of each other, great things are going to happen. Luck will have, they call it luck, but I don't, I don't call it luck actually. Just because my last name is La Chance doesn't mean, that's <laughs> and that means luck, Laura. I know you know that. But I know the luck. I know. That's right. And my nickname growing up was Lucky, so maybe it's ingrained in my head that you know I will continually be lucky because my name is Luck. Um, there's other there's other tips and tricks like, for example, who do you hang around with? Who are the five people you hang around with? You probably heard Jim Rohn say this a thousand times, but. Yeah. You're the average of the five people they hang around with. So if you're hanging around with broke mindsets, what are you going to be broke? If you're hanging around with people that say, ah, that can't be done, can't be done, can't be done. You're not going to do anything. But if you're hanging around, like if you look at the people I hang around with, like can do, we can buy the Florida Panthers. We can win that Stanley cup. We can, you know, build a multi-billion dollar business. So it's about who you hang around with is hugely key, hugely key. Right. So you're saying we create luck. And luck doesn't play anything, you know, it doesn't you play a part it. at all. I think you create it. You definitely create it. You will mm. it to happen. So I'll give you an example, Laurent. If I say great things about you, like you have a beautiful haircut, you're a good looking yeah. dude. I think you're intelligent. You're, you're, you're funny, blah, blah. If I continue to, to speak well of you, there's a good chance that you're going to think highly of me and mm -hmm. maybe probably refer me somebody down the road. But imagine if I do that with you know, everybody I come in contact with every day. Isn't there a chance that something good is going to happen out of that? So if you're a likable person, don't you think somebody will refer you somebody that will help your business at some point? So that is that luck? Or did I just do the right things for, for the last thousand people that I spoke to and they referred me somebody? Is that lucky? Or is that just mm -hmm. part of the formula? Or, I mean, I do it subconsciously anyway, right? So... I, you know, I gave that example to the, so I had a, uh, an editor and he didn't understand the concept when I, when I was writing the book, the lucky for me, he didn't understand the concept. He's like, how can you derive luck from just speaking to people? I said, well, Alex, let me tell you about your writing skills. I think you're a phenomenal writer. I've written, uh, I've read a lot of your, your pieces and, uh, it's exhilarating. It's educating. And I could see him, you know, feeling amazing about himself. Well, isn't there a good chance that Alex is going to refer me somebody or tell somebody to buy the book, right? So mm. then if you perpetuate, it's like the, the, the butterfly, you know, the butterfly mm -hmm. flapping its wings and then turns into a hurricane, you know, <laughs> a little while longer in, uh, on the other side of the world. It's the same thing. It, it's creating that positive energy and that motion forward. Right. But I've heard many entrepreneurs saying, oh, I was there at the right time with the right, at the right place, you know. Okay, but if you're uh, in it long enough, people. if you're in it long enough, you're going to hit the right place, right time, and right people. And if you're having the right conversation, so I'll give you another great example. There's a book uh, by Richard Wiseman called The Luck Factor. Mm -hmm. And he cites the single biggest reason that people are lucky. It, 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 the lucky people are the outgoing people and the people that actually speak to people. So, for example, if you know we're going to Starbucks, do you speak to the person behind the counter? If you're going to the bank, do you speak to the person behind the counter? My best employee, one of my best employees was my bank teller. So if you're speaking to people, you're going to learn things. You're going to meet people that are 
unbelievable assets to your organization and you're going to build around it. So anyway, you, you can, Richard Wiseman's a doctor. I'm not a doctor, but, but you could take his word for it that if you're speaking, the outgoing people tend to be the luckiest. That's what his research says. So you can create your own luck flat out again by, by stacking the odds in your favor. Right. But I guess then another, you must have another skill, which is the ability to uh, spot the right opportunities. Like you said, your best, one of the best employees used to be a bank teller. So you were able to identify that it was an opportunity for you to hire him as an employee. Correct. And creating luck without being able to do anything about it, what does it get you? Creating luck without having to do anything about it. I, I being, think able to asking... do, being able to do anything about it. Being able to, to, to grab those opportunities. But I think, okay, so I think every opportunity in every in every conversation you have, there's a gem. There, there's something of interest that can help you to the next level. Every single conversation, and especially if you're hanging around with, like I like I mentioned earlier. So if your circle of influence has intelligent people, has people that are think at a higher level, people mm-hmm. that go to conferences, like for example, I'm part of a group called Strategic Coach by Dan Sullivan. I don't know if you ever heard of him, but he's one of the, uh, uh, probably the, the preeminent, you know, entrepreneur coach in, in the, in the world, I would say. And so I'm in a, uh, once a quarter, I'm with 50 other people who think like I do and some who think way, way bigger than I do. And the fact that I'm just in that room and can ask the questions to people that are a thousand times smarter than me. Well, that makes me a thousand times smarter because it's who, not how, right? I don't know everything, but that guy over there knows, or that woman over there knows, I don't need to know because they do. So for example, technology, I'm not a technologist, right? But I have people in my circle that are, that understand it. I don't know how to media buy. I used to media buy a long time ago, but I can't do that now. But in our company is the number one media buyer on TikTok. But, and, and I don't know how to create videos and never ever edited a video in my life, but we have one of the biggest you know, uh, content creation networks in, in the world right now. So it's about who, not how, surrounding yourself with people that are a hell of a lot smarter than you are and getting rid of your ego. Because if you have an ego, that's, that's killer. And you know, I talk about that extensively in the book, but you have to drop your ego and put people in place that are better than you and smarter than you, because you're definitely, you don't know everything and you never will. And you know that. Yeah, it's in, it's interesting. You're talking about that ego and you know hiring people that are better than you because I see that a lot as you know one of the key one of the main bottlenecks with entrepreneurs. They want to do everything. They want to do everything themselves. Well, I call that the entrepreneur's dilemma, right? So yeah. I, I was actually so it's funny. Back in 2010, it's the same thing. I'm sitting at my desk and I had about a thousand unopened emails, and I literally you know, we just launched the company about a year ago and we're on, you know, this kind of trajectory and I wanted to jump out the window. (laughs) I literally wanted to quit, but it was only because I was the problem. I had to do everything. I thought I had to do everything, but how can you, at that time we had 115 employees, how can you do recruiting, HR, sales, marketing, legal, customer service, uh, you know, all other aspects of the business. How can you do that? You can't. Yep. No. And and I had a bunch of yes men around me, and then, you know, I went to an event uh, called Business Mastery, and that, that really shook my world. And it said, "Hey, 
if you're the problem, if you're not growing, you're the problem. If you're stagnating, you're the problem. If you're stressed out because you don't have the right people around you. So you, uh, that was a, a tough pill to swallow, but you know, I had, I had to realize that I'm not the smartest guy in the room and I had to get people around me that were smarter and let them go. Right. And I learned that and lo and behold, your business continues to skyrocket. So. It's, it's amazing that you were able to uh, bring your business to 115 people, people like that. <laughs> you must have worked a lot. <laughs> I said we, we, 7 a.m. to 11 at night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that was that time. Okay. That's right. But if you had, what, what was the, uh, you said you went, you went to this, to this uh, workshop uh, and then you realized that you were the problem. But do you remember exactly what was the trigger? Anything, anything the speaker said? Well, the speaker was Tony Robbins. You probably know who he is. Oh right? yeah, so I know. He, I know Tony Robbins, of course. Okay, so he had a it's it's a it's a five day event called Business Mastery. Yeah, and it tears apart every single aspect of your business from marketing, sales, uh, mm. legal, accounting, everything, everything. But the first thing he said, the first thing was like. If you're stuck, if you're stagnated, it's your fault. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's my fault, mm. right? That hit me. I hit my ego hard. And then he continued to, to, to comment on how the fact that, you know, entrepreneurs, again, the entrepreneur dilemma, entrepreneurs think they have to do everything themselves and often put people who are yes men or yes women around them versus getting somebody that can challenge you and, and do the job better than you. That was the key. I'm like, oh my God. So if I put somebody there who understands marketing better than I do, it's going to actually grow quicker than me trying to run it because I'm deficient in these areas. And then he told the story about, uh, about uh, Henry Ford when, you know, he was at the time, I believe one of the richest people in the world running a massive organization, uh, building cars. And so I, he had, he had a few journalists around him. They didn't think he was very intelligent. And his point was, I don't need to be intelligent. Ask me any question. So tell me about uh, production. So he would call his VP of production. Mm. Tell me about this. Answer the question. Tell me about finance. Call his CFO. Answer this. So in essence, Henry Ford was the smartest person in the world because he had people smarter than him in every aspect that he didn't know about uh, that were smarter, that can answer all the questions. So again, it's who, not how, right? So think about Mm. that. It's a book by Dan Sullivan, who, not how. And anytime I get stuck, I'm like, Who's the who that could tell me how to do that? That's a key right there. Who yeah. is the who? Yeah. Who's the who that could tell me how to do that? That's a key. Jim, Jim Collins in his book, uh, From Good to Great, says the same thing. It says, first who, who, then what? Mm-hmm. So you hire the people and then you assign tasks to them. There you go. Good to great is sitting right over there on the bookshelf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of the one of the best book, one of the best business books I've 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 read. So we talk business bottlenecks, but if you have not, if you had not done anything about this situation, if you had not been struck, you know, by this breakthrough, what would you be today? You think? What would have happened? Probably, honestly, probably 50 pounds heavier, stressed out of my mind, and maybe had a heart attack. I'm not even joking. Because because stress is terrible. Stress is, um, if you don't know how to cope with it and you don't know how to handle it, I, I, I wouldn't be here today. That's for sure. 
absolutely not. So that's the reason why you need to educate yourself and why you need to go to these events and why you need to read all these books and why, right? You, you definitely, you don't know everything. You can't have an ego and let other people teach you. That's it. You have to be open-minded and coachable. You're the bottleneck coach. So you have, yes. to, you have, you have to hire a bottleneck coach and work with a coach. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not even And you should also listen to this podcast. <laughs> There you go. So you want to get unbottlenecked, get a coach, get a mentor, get all these books behind me. And there you go. That's how you get unbottlenecked. What was the biggest challenge you ever had to face? Was that, was that it? No. Biggest challenge was in real estate. So in, uh, <laughs> in 2000, what was it? 2006, I sold my shares in Pivotal Payments. Which is now a company, Nuve, which is, I think, market cap. Last I looked, it was about $8 billion. So my shares right now, Laurent, are $2 billion, but I don't have them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have them. Anyway, so, the, so when I sold my shares in 2006, several million dollars, I rolled everything into real estate. And that became the biggest challenge of my life because I, I realized quickly that I, found the wrong partner. I realized quickly he didn't know what he was doing and we we're at the height of a market. So 2006, 2007 hmm. crash came basically on the verge of bankruptcy all over the place. I mean, you know, how I got out of that was, was incredible an incredible story in and of itself, but that was the biggest challenge ever. So I was literally on the verge of bankruptcy bills stacking to the moon and I had to do something. And what I did was because because I've kept a very good network of people and smart people. I, I got on the phone. I kept on saying, uh, I was telling everybody I knew the story. So I dropped the ego and I said, look, I'm dead broke. So the, the story is Todd, actually a gentleman by the name of Todd. I called him up and he was a, a he was a, uh, a senior executive at uh, Pivotal with me. And we built that business to, to great heights. And he was floored that I was basically bankrupt because about a year and a half earlier, I was just riding a, <laughs> riding high with millions in the bank. Mm. And then, you know, shortly after that, I'm, I'm in the toilet. But the point is that I kept such a great relationship with people that he referred me to a company that had just bought out a Canadian bank and needed somebody with my skills to run the operation and give me equity. So that was, that was lucky, but was it lucky? Because again, I had already put the foundation in place, yeah. right? I had a good reputation. I had kept, great relationships made phone and you're, calls had and you were not afraid of telling your story exactly that's a key right yeah. so at first i was for about six months i didn't want to say anything but you know after the six months was over i said you know i have to i have to be vulnerable and, and throw it out there so that was the biggest mm -hmm. challenge but you know I, i overcame it so if i can overcome that anybody can go overcome any challenge yeah and again kill your ego that's what you that's had right. to do yeah. i had to kill the ego that's right Yeah. Let's go back to you a little bit. What have, what have you learned about yourself being an entrepreneur? That I have a high tolerance for pain. <laughs> uh, um, that I'm afraid of being broke. I'm afraid of, of poverty. Um, hmm. That I, I don't want it. I never want it. Um, never wanted it. I grew up in a... Um, I would call it a middle-class family, but we, you know, we didn't have everything. My my parents worked very hard. And I'll also tell you that I, I've also learned that what you're taught growing up is not reality, 
right? You're, you're taught, oh, get a job, go to school, get a job, go to school, get a job. Well, why? Why do I need to get a, go to school and get a job? So I can work for that guy and make him rich? Why, why would I want to do that? So those are the kinds of the things that, I, that I've learned about myself over the years. And that I, mm. I had to drop my ego to get to the next level. And probably have to drop it even more to get to the next level. <laughs> so buying, buying the NHL uh, guy there too. There you go. <laughs> okay. When, uh, when we uh, first met, um, you talked about wartime versus peacetime leadership. This is something that you have not talked about uh, yet. So let's let's go let's go through that. What what is it? Well, I would I think that I am a wartime leader. So a wartime leader is somebody that thrives under pressure or doesn't crack under pressure, mm. right? So for example, when I was down and out and on the verge of bankruptcy, while well, I got on the phone and I took action and I made things happen. It wasn't only just getting on the phone, but it was also you know. It was the deal that I struck, the the creative financing that I that I came up with. So, if your wheels are always turning, so if you're under stress and you can you can come through under stress, which I can. So, for example, I'm always a guy that if we're in the playoffs in any sport in hockey, I step my game up to the next level. So that's what I mean by wartime. When you're in the heat of the battle, are you do you crumble or do you rise to the occasion? And a wartime general is somebody that rises to the occasion. Mm. In my view, in my view. So, you know, I mean, so you, you take a look at uh, World War II. Winston Churchill was a wartime general, right? And what happened after the war? Well, he couldn't last. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it's different types of people for different situations. But I believe that an entrepreneur is almost at war every day. Um, so you've got to have that kind of mindset, in my view, to be successful. And so the peacetime leader is the opposite. Is there any peace in entrepreneurship? It's a great question. Huh. Maybe it's this question I will ask my, my future guest. He's there. <laughs> is there any peace in entrepreneurship? There yeah. is, I will tell you, there is at a point when if you've decided that you don't want to grow it anymore and you want to maintain it and you hire people to run every position and you step out, that's when there's peace in entrepreneurship, but only until that point. But if you mm. want to get to the next level, there's no peace in it. So it's grinding, grinding, grinding. Um, yes, but again, it's grinding intelligently with the right people around you. So it's not, I mean, grind maybe has a, a bad connotation in a sense that it could have a negative connotation. Mm. It doesn't have to be negative. It could, it could be a positive grind, a fun grind, a fun run. You know, for example, I'll give you the... Uh, the Florida Panthers, which are my new favorite team, lost last night. They got crushed nine to three, but they had an unbelievable run to the Stanley Cup Finals, and it was a right. lot of fun to go to the games. So, so the spirit you know, is important. Exactly, it's how you it's how you look at it, right? So you, you could have it could be a grind, but it could be a fun grind. Mm. Okay, so spirit spirit having have the right spirit. Uh, surround yourself with people. With the, 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 the right people. The right people. Tell you right. tell your story. Uh, sit sit on your ego. Flush uh, your ego. Flush <laughs> flush your ego. <laughs> what is what is we did we did we talk about? Oh, you are you are the bottleneck, so it's it's always your fault. Absolutely. 
anything else that any any last recommendation for well for I, 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 you you forgot you forgot get a mentor get a mentor right so get definitely get a mentor get a coach um, thank you uh, educate yourself for sure get you know mm -hmm. read thousands of books and listen to a lot of people don't don't like to read these days so listen to podcasts listen to audio books there's thousands of great books i mean i list i uh, list like 200 of them in in my book so just pick up my book and uh, and and you know go to the page where it lists all the books uh get become a better person in in different aspects so here's another one that uh, gary vanderchuk talks about all the time double down on your strength right mm -hmm. so if you're the best salesperson focus on that lane only sell and get somebody to do like for example right i am uh, i mentioned this earlier but i'm not going to do creatives we have about 200 and almost 200 creators that are that are creating 10 to 15 videos every single day well why would i ever want to create videos if i already have 200 top-notch tiktokers that know what they're doing it's ridiculous let them yeah. do it they're better than me yeah so again i mean so it's almost the, the it's stay in your lane is the message. So do what you're best at, get other people to do what you're not best at, and then your your business will continue to roll. Yeah, and that's exactly why you should not hire people who are copycat of yourself. Exactly, <laughs> exactly right. All right, amazing conversation, Mark. A lot of insights. I just have one more question for you. Is how can people contact you and where can they find your book? Uh, they can find my book on Amazon, The Lucky Formula. And then you can follow me. I don't post a lot any longer, but uh, Mr. Lucky Official on Instagram. So M-I-S-T-E-R, Lucky Official on Instagram. Excellent. There you go. Mark, thank you very much for your joining the podcast today. Uh, glad to be here. Thank you very much, Law. And thank you for listening. My podcast is available on all your favorite podcast platforms. Subscribe now so you don't miss any episodes. See you next time. Bye for now.